0: Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guests from Hand in Hand located in Everett. This amazing nonprofit has celebrated 10 years of providing holiday meals, funds to help families stay in their homes, providing gifts for kids at Christmas, and this very critical need providing emergency shelter for children who've been taken from their homes. Brenda Ramos is the director of program management Janela Hopper is the Safe Place Program Manager and Karen Lennox is the Child Care Professional. They bring us the insights we need to know so that we can support the work and our community. Well, good morning. It's so wonderful to welcome you, Brenna Ramos, Janela Hopper, and Karin Lennox, to talk about and give us some insights into Hand in Hand Kids. It's been much too long since we've had a connection and talked about this important work. So thank you for being here this morning and really ready to uh, invite people to get involved, right?
1: Yes, thank you for having us.
0: Absolutely, my pleasure that we have this opportunity. So one of the very important parts of Hand in Hand Kids is uh, this very special part of the program Safe Place. So Janela, you are the Safe Place Manager. So would you give us an overview of uh, what's going on how many kids there are, you know, this give it, paint that picture for us, if you would.
1: Definitely. So I can start off by giving an overview of what Safe Place is, and then I can kind of give a breakdown of how it's been going over this past year, year and a half. So Safe Place is a 72-hour shelter for children initially uh, entering the foster care system or just needing emergency placement. And that could be due to a multitude of reasons, but mainly due to neglect or suspected abuse. So we allow social workers, 72 hours, excluding weekends and holidays, to be able to find placement. So when kids come into our care, we screen them in, we uh, resource them, we take them in for an initial health screen, and then we basically just provide a loving and caring environment until they discharge. So over this past year, obviously, this pandemic has been uh, challenging for everyone. Um, I'm just glad that our program has been able to stay open this entire time. Obviously, we went through challenges as well, but we were still able to serve uh, uh, plenty of children. For last year, we served 100 kids, and I'm, again, glad that we were able to stay open. Um, But throughout this pandemic, I will say that it has been challenging on families, it's been challenging on kids again, it's been challenging on businesses, and we so we see that on our end as far as the child intakes that we've been taking in. Uh, we've seen an increase in uh, substance abuse, we've seen an increase in DUIs as well as mental health issues, and then obviously an increase in neglect and abuse. And then, one thing that I noticed is that 2020, which is where it all began, <laughs> is uh, the first year since 2014 that we've seen an increase in child intakes. Uh, that was the first year since 2014 because we've seen an increase. Uh, because throughout these years of places being open, it's always been declining. And that could be due to different reasons and resources being available. But the fact that, you know, the pandemic occurring and uh, the challenges taking place in different homes, we've been seeing an increase. Um, so we're seeing the effects of that on our end.
0: So, Janela, you mentioned there were, you saw 100 children in 2021?
1: Yes, we've had 100 kids in 2021.
0: And so that was an increase. Uh, are you able to accommodate that number? Uh, did it mean that you sometimes, you know, were kind of crowded?
1: How it is kind of broken down, we are able to have uh, five kids at once throughout the week. So it was spread out throughout the year. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say crowded. We were able to serve all the kids well, um, but yeah, not crowded.
0: So that means no one was turned away that was in need.
1: Yeah, we, we are able to serve the kids that we're able to serve. There, we do have different requirements or screening procedures that does allow us not to take every single child but we always try to find the yes because we want to be um, that resource for kids uh, in somish county and surrounding areas
0: that's that is just so phenomenal and the kids are there then for 72 hours and you you always have staff on hand that is caring for for up to five children at at any given time yes
1: so we have a staff, and volunteers. You definitely cannot do without our volunteers as well.
0: So you are staff as the Safe Place Manager, but Karin then, are you staff or are you a volunteer? I'm staff. Okay. And uh, you told me that you (laughs) work the overnight. Yes. So what does that time frame mean for you? What goes on in the overnight?
2: We're on call, we can get kids anytime through the night. We've had them come in at three, we've had them come at 6 a.m. Basically, like when it's on call, we just have to be able to get here within like a half hour. And then um, we set up all the, like the intake stuff. And when they get here, one person does the intake with the social worker and the other one kind of shows the kids around safe places.
0: And, of course, being confidential about who the child would be, but is there a situation, a story that comes to mind as to how that was for you with a particular child?
2: I think, like, my most memorable one right now is we actually had three kids uh, Christmas night and They were super bummed, so we got to do basically a Christmas redo for them, and each kid had three or four presents under the tree from Santa, and we filled stockings, Um, and so they all had stockings. They got books and stuffed animals, and then they woke up the snow. Um, So I think that was my most favorite one right now. Um, And just to see their faces of excitement and appreciation when they saw the gifts and that, you know, they got to redo their Christmas.
0: Oh, I can appreciate how that's memorable for you. Hearing you talk about it, you know, just makes me feel emotional. Joyfully for those children who are going through such trauma to be able to turn it around so that they they have something comfortable and and beautiful. and it helps to put that all that negative experience behind them and and of course, with this kind of demonstration of the gifts and having caring people around them, know that there's love in the world for them right oh that's that's amazing. It must make your. The work that you do, not seem like work, but just, I would think, a gift.
2: Yeah. I, I definitely like being something positive during their negative time, um, you know, providing them with a smile or a hug, just letting them know, you know, like you said, that they're loved and cared for.
0: Oh, exactly. So, Janela... As the manager, you're overseeing this, and you then get to experience some of this as well. You're not just a manager. You're involved with with the child care as well, I would imagine.
1: Definitely. I consider myself a working manager, so for the most part, I do provide oversight of the staff and volunteers, but I definitely get the opportunity to work child shifts um, every now and then, and I appreciate those moments because it gives me that. Uh, connection with the kids as well,
0: right? So, in terms of volunteers, because here we are hand in hand. Kids is a nonprofit. Volunteering donations, uh, both of goods and financial, are are really critical to your functioning. Correct?
1: Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. We wouldn't be here without our donors and our volunteers. So, we definitely that. That is what our foundation is built on. So we appreciate them at any moment.
0: And in terms of volunteers for a safe place, oh, who are you looking for? There must be qualifications, screenings, I guess.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. So we are looking for actually loving and caring individuals who are non-judgmental, um, that have at least one year of child care experience. And there are other qualifications and trainings that do take place as far as getting volunteers on board. But the main thing is uh, wanting those individuals who will come in, um, they'll put their own personal biases aside, their own ways of caring for their own children and just coming to this environment, just wanting to take care of these kids that we currently have in care and understanding where they are at at the moment um, and just supplying their needs.
0: So... Uh, let's take it maybe by a month or or maybe on a daily basis. How many volunteers do you need and and actually how many do you have?
1: So at this moment, we have around 55 volunteers, but with our requirements, uh, we only require at least, uh, well, volunteers to volunteer at least once a month. Um, Obviously, volunteers can volunteer as often as they like within our shelter, but they have at least one recurring shift a month. So with that, uh kind of system in place we could definitely use more volunteers because right now we're open friday to wednesday but one day we would love to be 24 7 so we can uh provide emergency placement for children at any time of the day of the week so right now with that friday to wednesday we still have quite a few openings so we can always use volunteers during that time frame uh, morning shift afternoon shift evening shift and even overnight um, but then one day being able to open that's a uh, Thursday morning, afternoon, evening, overnight, same with our Friday. So then we can just have the entire week open and we don't have to turn um, kids away potentially on those days that we're off or that we're closed because we're not open.
0: And, and that was my thought with Thursday not being available day. Uh, what happens? You just don't have the staff to cover it. Is that it?
1: yeah at the moment so we have our staffing and volunteers scheduled throughout that friday to wednesday time frame so what it will probably look like in the future is having more volunteers on staff um, having more staff members and then being able to cover those days to open them up Um, so when children are coming into care i mean at this moment they normally come throughout the weekend sometimes they come throughout the beginning of the week so we're still able to provide Care for them during the time frame that they're here, which still helps social workers out to find that next placement. Um, sometimes they do end up leading us in is to the unknown, but at least we were able to do our part, and it still helps them, the social workers,
0: out. And and that is the thing for us to really grasp what's going on in the dire need in the community. At least during the week, the social worker is there and perhaps is able to find some some kind of care, emergency care, whereas on the weekend it's tougher and so of course you're there available uh, from Friday through the weekend.
1: Exactly. So we definitely are a resource for the weekends and that's why we open Friday at five, um, just because sometimes the resources are not available on the weekend. So we can carry the children over into the week, into the weekdays. Um, But then also understanding that when kids are coming to us, we may not or it may not be our business, to always know where they are going to next. But we just know that we cared and loved for them while they were in our care. Um, And just kind of to tap back into 2021, um, our percentages that we had, we've had 100 kids like we talked about before, but we have 41% out of the 100 kids uh, we didn't know of their next placement, Um, which, again, that doesn't mean that they didn't have any. We just didn't know. Uh, 26% were able to return home safely, 21% went with a relative and kinship, and then we had 12% that actually went into foster care. So I know sometimes people think that a safe place is like an automatic train right into foster care, and that's not always the case. Uh, We do love and encourage when it's safe to do so reunification, um, kids being able to go with relatives and kinships, people that they know when it's available, and so on.
0: And just to be clear, safe place is just that, a safe place for these children to be for up to 72 hours. In the background, the social worker is looking to do this other part of whether they are able to go home or to foster care or to a relative. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. And... When you said that what we saw and and I think that's not a news flash to anyone that um over the course of this pandemic we've really seen uh, both an increase in uh, what, drunk driving the the uh, violence, drug abuse uh, and and then of course, I guess what that does is translate down to the family level where the where the children are on the receiving end of that, the the parent isn't there or if they are there uh, mistreating them potentially?
1: Yes. So unfortunately, this, like we said, the pandemic has been hard on a lot of families. So it's like that one unfortunate circumstance happening to a family, that one wrong decision, that one wrong choice could lead to children potentially being removed and us seeing the situations that we're seeing on our end. So we definitely did see that last year with an increase in those uh, intakes.
0: Oh, that is just so gut-wrenching. And uh, when there, when you have that cap, and is that were you hitting that cap of five children uh, much of the time? We it
1: was mixed. I would say that every now and then we had a full house. And then sometimes it will spread out to where it will be maybe two kids in care. We'll have a sibling group of three. Maybe it was just one kid. Um, but it definitely was uh, different numbers each week. And maybe it's a week or a time frame where we're quiet, uh, which on our end is a good thing, or maybe not. But um, it definitely was different numbers each week.
0: So, let Karen give us a, a bit of a visual of... Of your of the facility of uh, what the children are coming into, I, I loved what uh, Christmas morning turned out to be for them. But what what are they? What kind of a room or rooms are there for them to live in? So
2: it's set up like a house. When they walk in, um, they've got like the living room and the TV and the couch and everything. Um, They're little play areas and then like our kitchen is right off of the living room and then we've got like the bathroom they use and um, we have one bedroom with a set of bunk beds and a trundle bed and then we have the baby room so that has a crib and a pack and play and then our third room has two sets of bunk beds
0: so that's kind of
2: it makes basically a circle.
0: And, and so it it is a home. It really has that home-like feel to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure.
0: Right. And so, and when there are siblings, having the bunk beds really facilitates that, right? Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, when they're different sexes and different ages, then they're supposed to be in different rooms. But if they want to be, like, if they want to sleep together, then we just basically have a camp out in the living room. Hmm. So yep. we'll bring out mattresses or they sleep on the couch just so that they can be by each other.
0: And and does that happen very often? I can appreciate that it might.
2: Yes. We we tend to have more on the couch or on a mattress <laughs> in the living room than in their beds. <laughs>
0: And, and and this is perhaps projecting, but I'm thinking that you know some a, chi- a frightened child, uh, regardless of of their age, m- might not want to be left all alone in a room. You know, with the door closed, they might want to be out there uh, with other people.
2: Yeah, we've had all we have been had all ages on the couch from the itty bitties that don't want to be put down to the eleven year olds that. Are trying to be nice because their sibling wants them out there so we've we've had
1: them all ages plenty of camp out
0: (laughs) (laughs) so we know it starts from infancy because you have a baby room up to what age Uh,
2: so it goes first to 12 and then we can take 12 and up if they come with a younger sibling
0: so either of you can answer this. So if there isn't a sibling, this is a 12 or a 13-year-old, what happens to them?
1: So we take birth of 12 and then 13 to 17 if they come with that younger sibling. Unfortunately, if we were to get a teenager without younger siblings, there are other resources and potential homes for them, but we just wouldn't be able to take them. Right. Just so- because the age group that we really saw needed our services was the younger group
0: that birthed 12. Yeah, understandable. And it would be challenging. <laughs> you you don't have enough facilities because there's already such a great need for the younger ones. And, and that, every single one, regardless of age, is very important. And their life and, and the trauma that they're going through is, is just so critical in the moment. But with the younger child, there's just, it feels like there's just more impression being made that they need a a lot more comfort uh, that you can give them.
1: Yes, we try to, when kids come in our care, we try to do the best to try to meet them where they're at and meet their needs. Those younger kids, they come in sometimes and you can see two totally different ends. You have those kids that come in and they're just ready to play and they just want somebody to hold them and hug them and then you have the kids that come in and they want nothing to do with you and understandably obviously they've just been removed from their care they just dealt with some form of trauma so we try to you know take that into consideration in how we interact with the children but we always try to let them know that we're here for them no matter what and whatever they need where we will definitely supply that.
0: And so either of you, or maybe each of you, wants to comment on how, when they come in, of course there would be that fear, and I would even think terror coming in, and 72 hours isn't a lot of time, but it, it still is th- three days. Have you seen, does some situation come to mind where you've seen a, a that change, a transformation in a child as to how they, they ease into where you are at Safe Place?
2: Um, we've definitely seen the change, especially if we get them like the Friday night and have them through the, till Wednesday, um, they might start off shy, but you know, by Saturday night or Sunday morning, they're, they're talking and we found some kind of common ground or an interest. Um, like we have several. Staff or volunteers that like to draw and do art, and so we've had a few just open up while they were drawing, um, or like some that play video games, and you know, so if you just sit down and play with them, then they'll just kind of open up and like, oh, you're an okay person. <laughs> so then they get really excited if you're like back the next day. So um, because I'm I'm primarily night, I always tell them, okay, I'll see you, you know, I'll see you tomorrow night. And then they're like, okay, so we're going to play this game or we're going to
1: draw. I'm like, okay, like, sure, I'm fine with it. <laughs> or connecting with them, like, something that they are interested in. So we have, a, obviously, Minecraft, which is a big thing here, <laughs> um, Pokemon, Frozen. So if we notice that a child likes something specific and you talk about it or you be about it, then they, that's when they start to open up and uh, want to communicate with you more or maybe play that game or do that art project. So I'll, I'll say that's probably my, one of my favorite parts, too, about Safe Place, because when kids come in, initially we're strangers in a strange house, but at the end of the day, we're uh, loving, caring individuals in a safe, loving house that will resource and tend to their needs. And I know I've said that multiple times throughout, but that's really what we do and what we're here for. Um, And then seeing kids over time know that if they need something and we, you know, can get that for them, you know, food, obviously toiletries, whatever their needs are, Um, and then seeing them slightly opening up, laughing a little bit more, um, coming to us about different things, you know, speaking with us more, I love and appreciate when they do that or they start uh, just that connection overall, even in 72 hours. 72 hours is a short time frame, but they, you know, you can really see a turnaround in some kids in that short time frame.
0: And that's because it is what the name of your organization is, Safe Place. Uh, safe Place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> D- have you ever s- had the experience of the same child or children come back again?
1: We we definitely have. We've had uh, kids or siblings come
0: back, whether for the same or different reasons. Oh, it's just heart-wrenching to think of of all this pain, that there's just so much of it going on. But on the other hand, that there are these solutions, that hand-in-hand kids exist, that this special part of hand-in-hand safe place exists to care for these young children when they're just you know, having to be taken from their home, it's not a good place for them, but it still is so hard on them to be ripped out of there, isn't it? Yes, it's
1: hard, especially on the kids, obviously, that they are now being removed from their home, again, due to whatever reason or situation. But I, if I had to find a, a positive out of it, I enjoy that, or the kids that do come back, that they remember us. They remember Mm. who we were, what we did. Um, Not that you know, obviously, you know, savior complex or anything, but just the fact that they enjoyed who we are and what we were able to do for them during that difficult time. And even having kids not wanting to leave us sometimes, obviously, that's difficult on both ends. Mm. But knowing that we, as a safe place, we were able to live up to that name.
0: Exactly. So here, I think you've given us really a a good view of what goes on, the needs that exist. And so we had touched on uh, always needing more volunteers uh, in terms of that. And also, of course, none of this could exist. Maintaining a home and all the facilities, having the food there uh, between the donations and uh, the in-kind, like dropping off these kinds of gifts of perhaps the the games and the teddy bears and such, the stuffed toys for the children. Um, How do people go about then uh, making donations and finding out about volunteering?
1: Yes, so as far as volunteering, at the moment they can currently email our volunteer email, which is volunteer at handinhandkids.org. Um, and then from there, we'll be able to start the application process and get um, volunteers on board. Uh, again, they will need at least one year of child care experience, and we can always use volunteers. Um, and we go off of what, when their best availability is, because there's always a need. Um, with donors, we really appreciate monetary donations, of course, because that is what keeps us open. Um, gift cards, you know, whether it's food or clothing, gift cards, so we can take kids shopping. In season clothing, we take new um, or gently used, and uh, as far as donations, I would say, Brenda, you want to touch on that real too Yeah, um,
3: so if somebody would like to donate to Hand in Hand, whether it's monetary or gift and kind donations, um, they can always visit our website, which is handinhandkids.org. And right there on the homepage, there's a Donate Now button. Um, they can always come to our administrative office to drop off Gift and Kind donations. We're open Monday through Friday. And we also have a Amazon wish list on our website, and it just has a list of things that we're currently in need, and we try to update it regularly.
0: That is, I think, so ideal because it's great to be able to support in a way that we know makes a difference. Of course, monetary donations definitely are going to be able to to be used in all the places that there are needs. But sometimes people like to do the shopping, right? Uh, Yeah. And so to have that list to to guide us. uh, And I think especially having families who, you know, want to engage in this as a unit, you know, having the children participate and knowing that they're helping other children um, who are going through some challenges, having them be able to look at a list and and make some selections and make the donations. Uh, I think that that's also a a good lesson to be teaching within our families, isn't it?
3: Yes, definitely. We love seeing um, kids in the neighborhood do lemonade stands or we had a child recently... um, He collected all of his money that he's earned in the last uh, year or so, and he sold some of his own um, stuffed animals, and he (laughs) was able to make a big impact for us.
0: Kids helping kids.
3: Exactly. We love it.
0: Oh, I love it. That is really heartwarming. Well, I love what you do. Um, It's sad that it needs to be done, but realistically, this is the world, and the fact that uh, y- you both have such a giving heart and uh, that desire to to make a difference. And you may never know, oh. right, the, the difference that you're making, but, but it's definitely making a change in in these children's lives so that they will hopefully have a better future.
1: Yes, yeah, some way, some fashion, somehow, we still make a difference.
0: I have no doubt that you are and I am so grateful that you're doing that and that Janela and Karen that you've spent time this morning sharing your stories and letting others know so that we can all be partners together
1: yes thank you thank you for having us yes yeah,
0: thank you you are so welcome that brings us to the end of a very full hour of inspirational women with Janela Hopper and Karen Lennox and Sunday Morning Magazine with Elaine Park look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of doing the things that demonstrate we count and put it into practice in our community. Have a week of the same and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.